everyone a very warm welcome to another exciting episode of psychology talks and today we're going to talk about resilience the power that gives us push to go extra mile to try one more time no matter how many times we face defeat failures but this one trait keeps us going even in the face of chaos even in the face of challenging times so nowadays like it has become the resilience has become the buzzword it is the life changing force that allows individual to go in the face of adversity learn from setback and again rise stronger than ever and that's why i have invited a guest who has gone through several times like challenges in his life but he refused to give up and every time it seems that, that the setback the challenge has pushed him down to the you know to the deepest like ditch and but he refused to give up and he emerged again shinier and brighter and his name is des hague and his journey of life is very inspiring uh he has uh, gone through several challenges just a moment my camera has actually gone back again just a second it's not picking up yeah oh so i'm back again i'm sorry for all the glitches it happens sometimes and we just can't control it so anyways uh, what i was uh, telling was about that des hague is one of the most inspiring personalities and he has just released his book 15 minutes of shame where in this book he has shared his story that how he survived each setback one after another and every setback he faced pushed him into the like deepest darkest valleys or but he refused to give up and then he 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 has this uh push to move forward despite all the challenges and every time it seems that it's the end of the journey but as i mentioned earlier that he refused to give up he actually carried on and made sure that he succeed again and again so he's currently uh, a founder and ceo of hague enterprises board member of mrgn and young caruso uh, and is an active mem- uh, mentor advising several startups venture working with numerous private equity groups to create more than half a billion dollars in return for investors he has received numerous community awards so let's welcome des hello des welcome to the Hi, show thank-, thank you so much for joining us <laughs> no no thank you and uh, what a lovely introduction shinier <laughs> and brighter i mean who yes. doesn't love that thank you oh, you're most welcome you are actually because when i actually <laughs> got to know about you i got uh, to know your story uh, and the marlene show 
it was quite inspiring. I mean, I really uh, just don't have words to say that how much is inspiration you give to the people who may be having the same challenges, same setbacks, but in those times, they are on the verge to give up. But stories like you can give them hope to try one more time. So I actually gave a little bit of introduction and uh, you can share uh, your story in detail uh, now. Just before that, I just want to welcome all our audience that who have share, uh, joined, our, uh, joined us from across the world. Uh, hello, Robert. Hello, Habib. Hello, Aset, Lydia, uh, Shahab, and Monica. Thank you for joining. Keep your comments coming in. And if you have any questions, please share your question and we'll respond. So now getting back to you, Des. So uh, <laughs> please uh, let us know about yourself, how you started your journey, and what were the problems you faced. Yeah, well, well, before I do that, uh, Ambreen, I really wanted to, to say that everybody should be buying your book, Algorithm oh, of Life. It is a phenomenal you. read, thank and you, it's you. just amazing to learn from people like you. My view is you can learn firsthand or you can learn through others. Your book is something that everybody should have on their bookshelf and, and oh. learn from and, and uh, be, become a better person from it, to be quite honest. Um, so with that promotion said... Um, Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> yeah. No, I really mean it uh, sincerely. Um, you know, I, I think that the message for me in the book and, and getting into my childhood is resilience is a superpower. It really is a force magnifier and a force multiplier of your life if you can use it well. We all face adversity. I say adversity is inevitable, but defeat is optional. If you think you can or cannot do something, you're right. So choose wisely. So, you know, as I start off on my life journey and, and think about how resilience really became my best friend through necessity. Um, my mother was born in Ireland. My father was born in England uh, in the 1960s. There was a lot of religious unrest uh, and the IRA, you know, blew up my dad's building and set it on fire. We fled Belfast when I was less than two years old and got to uh, the north of England, a little town called Rotherham near Sheffield in the north of England. And life was great, uh, Abreen. And then my mother, and uh, you know, at this time we had uh, four, I had three brothers, so four of us in total. My mother, unfortunately, um, became very ill. She got ovarian cancer and she died when she was 29 years old. I was nine or just under, I was eight years old. And, you know, it was devastating blow. This woman was the best person I'd ever, ever known in my life. And obviously that rips a young child apart, but it got worse. My dad then remarried to a very aggressive alcoholic demon is the best word. I call her the darkness in my book. And, uh, you know, for the next six years, she would beat the living daylights out of me almost every night. So from nine to 15 years old, I would protect my brothers behind me, wouldn't let her get into the, the bedroom and just keep pushing her back, but got beat pretty severely from it. 
again, watching your father, you know, the person who's supposed to love you, just accept this mm-hmm. is soul crushing. But I, I, I had a belief that I was going to make something of myself. I was going to do something of myself. And quite candidly, the biggest desire that I had was I'm going to protect my brothers. I'm not going to let them get hurt. So I had a mission. And, you know, when you got a mission, it's like when you've got a why, you can achieve it. And like Victor Frankl yes. would say, yeah. if you've got a why, you can cope with almost any how. That was yeah. my why and that was my how. So oh. at 15, Abreem, um, I came home and uh, actually uh, came home one day from school. And my stepmother is fighting with my father in the kitchen. She sees me and tries to throw a hot chip pan all over me i mean all over i miss me by just sheer inches because i pushed her away Uh, and uh, that's really you know what inspired me to leave so at 15 i became homeless i left home i didn't have anywhere to go and again you know i had belief that i was going to do something uh, or make something of myself but it wasn't the easiest of times. I don't want to let people think out there, oh, it was easy. It was, it was difficult, yeah. but I, I, I knew I had conviction to, to, to keep going. So, so that got me to 15 years old. And then luckily I got a, you know, one of the family friends had a business that hired me. So then I could live, you know, with, with, with this individual back of their shops and kind of, mm-hmm learn to have a life, have a safe roof okay. over your head, which every child okay. should have. Yeah. And that led and that led to, you know, I'm eighteen just about eighteen years old. I'm now running a fish and chip shop, a video shop, a grocery wow. store. I had a fifty wow. CC motorbike. I did I left school at fifteen. I didn't have any qualifications, but I learned business well. And it mm-hmm. was my it was my lifesaver. And yeah. then at just about eighteen one of my friend's friends came home one night. I'm sleeping in bed. Uh, knock on the door. Not a knock on the door. Door bashes open and the guy's on top of me raping me. And oh so I'm God. thinking, oh, my God, how bad can it get? I'm supposed to be a tough guy. And for years, yeah. Abreem, I carried that around. I compartmentalized it, but I had a lot of shame. And, remo- mm-hmm. you know, I felt it was my fault. What could I do? What could I have done differently? Did I do something to deserve this? Am I a bad guy? And, you know, ultimately that left me in a situation where I needed to get safe again. And I acquired my first business at about 18. And it was a fish and chip shop van, like a food truck that you you towed with a car. Well, on my first day of work in my new venture, I crashed my business, wrecked it lost it all and then was homeless again and you know oh slept on my, my friend's couches uh for several weeks and then suddenly got back into the co- got into the corporate world and uh been in that for the last 30 years oh my god i mean you just i i mean i don't have words to say that how you could have <laughs> survived that time especially your childhood especially like childhood is supposed to be the time and kids enjoy their time the most when they get love and support from the the parents from their loved ones but actually you've gone through so much at that time but it's your courage i think um, and as i actually always say that everything happens for a reason and uh, when we get stuck 
in that moment, like if we are fixated in like that setback, we will we can never grow old. And and you just set an example that how we can actually face all these setbacks with courage and find out the reason. As as you mentioned, I really love that what you said that you could if you know your why, you can make any how possible, right? So this yes. this you found your why at such an early age where people actually try to find for years. So I think that was that those times may be so traumatic, but it served you to find your why. And I think that is one of the could be one of the most amazing thing that can happen to anyone. As I think they said, um, uh, I don't remember the name of that, but the quote is that, you know, the two most important days in life is the one is person is born and the other one is when you know your purpose and when you know your why. Right. So, right. So, and you found out at the very early age. So uh, moving on further, like, you know, as you mentioned that you had so many troubles, you just... Whenever you got up on your feet, I would just say that like life pushed you back again to uh, uh, face all these challenges and obstacles. Um, I'm also curious to know that when you were on the peak of your career, that Twitter mob actually tried to put you down and then actually ruined your business and ruined your career. But you again didn't give up on that. So could you share... Right what happened and how you survived that thing? Yeah, well, it wasn't obviously, Abreem, it wasn't my finest moment. It's a situation that I own and I was in the wrong. And it doesn't really matter to the Twitter mob or the media or people who hate will always hate. They've got vitriol. It's like they've got a closed heart. And it's really quite sad. I mean, you've got to look yeah. at it and say, hey, we come to, I mean, can you imagine waking up every day, being miserable and wanting to be the doomsday in somebody's life? My view is I want to be the light. I want to be the brightness. I want to be the sunshine. I want to help people uh, to be better, to, to believe in themselves. So in 2014, I've now, you know, I've run seven, eight multi-billion dollar companies, hundreds of thousands of employees. We've done some great things at Centerplay and IHOP and Safeway and Hosta Foods and 7-Eleven and PepsiCo and Whitbread. All of these companies are great companies, Abreem. I'm yeah. so honored and privileged mm. that I had the opportunity to be a part of their legacy and hopefully left every one of them better. But in 2014, you know, um, it was a, a, a combination of unintended consequences that led to uh, an implosion of my life as I knew it. So at the time, my, my son had had a concussion. He was quite poorly. He was battling that. My, my wife was going through um, breast cancer and had double, uh, double uh, bilateral mastectomy. And lo and behold, I'm trying to run these companies. I'm on several boards. I'm keeping it all together. Everybody's kind of shell-shocked with my wife's illness, and, and, and I am, especially with my, my mother dying as well of cancer, mm -hmm. kind of brought back a lot of bad memories. And then lo and behold, because misery likes company, mm -hmm. I was diagnosed with early-stage prostate cancer. Oh my so, God. you know, there was a lot of things going off in my head, and I'd always been the rock. And this is one of the things I think the viewers can take away is you're never big enough and tough enough to do it all yourself. 
ask for help. Yeah. People like you to be vulnerable. I, I forgot that. I, in fact, I always been that rock for others. I, I, I kind of felt that I had to just muscle through instead of getting maybe a psychologist, maybe help somebody helping me with my feelings and my fears. And it would have been a different outcome. But anyway, all that was going off. And uh, I went off to get treatment uh, in Vancouver. Uh, didn't tell my family because I didn't want to worry them. What a mistake that was. Oh. Big mistake. And mm. then suddenly I'm walking my friend's dog. It's, it's, um, it sees something behind me on the right side, jolts behind me. And um, it dislocates two of my fingers on my right hand. It's very painful. And I'm looking at the dog and I decide to, I'm going to show the dog who's in charge. And it was oh. way, way, way too much discipline. Um, mm. And it's something that I regret. But unfortunately, with the Twitter mob and with media, you can never apologize. Because as soon as you apologize, you're on the apology yeah. tour. And that's all they ever yeah. want. And then if you don't apologize every single second, yeah. they want to know why you didn't apologize in the last second. To me, yeah. it's like you make a mistake, you say you're sorry, you grow from it, you yeah. ask for forgiveness, you get redemption, and you move on. That's how I operate my life. That's not the life of Twitter and, and the life of Twitter. So, you know, immediately after this, the Twitter mob are out. You know, my, my apartment in Vancouver was raided by the police. Oh my God! Raided. It's like a it's like a SWAT team coming in for oh I overdisciplined the dog, and it's like I thought, you know, I, I thought at the time, Ambry, is it yeah. mistaken identity? Do they think I'm some kind of terrorist? Am I, you know, oh, am I, yeah. uh, you know, Pablo Escobar or Goebbels or some oh. other fugitive? But no, yeah. no, no. This is what they did to me for a video clip. Uh, that went viral, and then suddenly yeah. the death threats come in. My son was physically attacked oh uh, outside God. of our property in Stanford. I mean, he's an 18 year old guy attacked by this, you know, Peter Twitter mob that felt yeah. that, you know, they, they, they wanted, you know, <laughs> retribution. And so the question that I ask for all that is of course, it was devastating to see your career. I'd built my career on helping others, you know working on major charities around the world, helping thousands yeah. and thousands of people a year to suddenly become like the devil incarnate was a hard yeah. pill and the devastation. Yeah. So the question that I ask is, and, and what we, I think we should all be looking back in common sense should say, what's the graduation for the crime? You, not everybody gets yeah. stoned in the square and set on fire and crucified yeah. for a misdemeanor. You know, you've got to have graduation. And that's what I think is lost on this uh, platform that allows anonymity, that allows, yeah. you know, you to spew hatred. And then obviously there's a rush to judgment. Now the courts find me completely, you know, it was a, a misdemeanor. But you wouldn't, if you read Twitter, if you watch the clips, if you watch the media, that was not reality. They thought I was going to yeah. do life in seven life sentences in prison for the rest mm -hmm. of my life. And it was all ridiculously egged up by malicious people. So I, I think going back, Abreem, you know, my thing is make sure that we're listening to the facts. Take a beat, take a pause. 
think yeah. about how do you want to be judged in your worst moments? Is there yeah. not such thing as redemption? So I, I think when I look at Twitter, I just feel sorry for the people who are so vitriol and sad and angry yeah. at the world. I want to, I wish I could hug them. I wish I could say, yeah. come on, let's get into this. What is your issue and how can I help? How can we help yeah. you feeling so sad and lonely and mad at the world? Yeah. And if you try, you'll just get crucified again. Yeah, yeah. That That's really sad. I mean, that's really, really sad that um, you, you've been judged at, at your worst moment. And that too, I mean, I would just say that, as you mentioned, that you are not the Pablo Escobar or something. The, the right. people who are actually killing people, you just maybe hit a dog. <laughs> I mean, it's, right. uh, it's nothing. I mean, I would just say that it could happen to anyone, anytime. And you did apologize. So, I mean, the, 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 the thing, it should be over. But they tried to make it a story and try to ruin your career. So that, was, that is really sad. Well, it gets it gets worse, Abrim, as well, is because when you when we found out who leaked this video to the press and to Twitter and to the uh, uh, the British Columbia Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, it was a security guard in the building oh who released this video clip, and he did it not because he was fearful for the dog, he did it because he wanted to get his boss fired. So he could oh take his job. God. I mean, how bad oh, is that? I mean, I, yeah. I, you know, win on the merits, win on being great, win on being yeah. a better candidate, but pulling people down. It's like, it's, it's like what we seemingly want to do more and more in society is yeah. don't praise anybody and lift them up, pull them down because they make you look bad. It's, Absolutely. it's really a, a terrible way to live. And then, and then secondly, what we found out with the, uh, uh, Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals, their leader, when they saw that it was me who mm -hmm. uh, dis over-disciplined uh, 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 the dog, was, this is fantastic. This guy's a rich, white CEO, maybe a Republican. Yeah. Everything's wrong with this guy. He's going to be my poster child. So they wanted yeah. to raise money off me. Yeah. I offered them... I offered them because it would have been a, it would have been the smallest check we'd have ever written to a charity of a hundred thousand mm -hmm. dollars. We, we we've raised hundred you know hundred million plus. I offered them this hundred thousand dollars and to set up a fund that I would raise more money because I was wrong. I accepted yeah. my guilt. I wanted yeah. to make lemonade out of lemon, and they wouldn't yeah. let me. And the sad yeah. thing here is, they raise six hundred thousand dollars a year. And it takes oh them three hundred thousand dollars to raise that six hundred, so oh. they really raise three hundred thousand. I would have <laughs> given them a third of their budget. Now it's not about the money; yeah. it's just about that. It's the malicious intent to, yeah. to hit somebody when they're down is just so wrong. And I'm hoping that we will get a swing back to normalis and to normalcy where yeah. we can't even joke now. We can't even say a joke on late night TV. Yeah. We're always offending somebody. And it's yeah. about time we said, listen, grow up, yeah. handle it. It's meant to be fun. You're supposed to have some sense of humor. 
Yeah. We're not a stoic nation and a, and, and a global stoic nation, so uh, a globalized empire. So chill yeah. out, but they can't. Yeah. And it's sad. <laughs> yes. yes. I mean, that's the main problem because this is something that is linked with maybe their insecurities, their sadness, their traumas, which basically they don't want to see people grow or, you know, that's the reason why they want to pull other people down. And, uh, and that's so sad that despite we're trying to raise awareness about empathy, about listening to others, about caring others, being kind, yet there is so much hatred there. There's so much racism. There's so much, I would say, unkind people that we need to tell that, you know, the, the only way to survive or to grow is to spread love and kindness because we are all here to live a life so why not make it uh, a livable place a pleasantly livable place where everyone can enjoy have fun and grow together but sadly it's it's not the way <laughs> world operates yeah. these days this is yeah yeah so I just want to ask you that, you know, despite all these moments of like when you feel the lowest or and you feel these troubles, challenges, what keeps you going? I mean, because many people give up. Many people just say that they can't go any further. So what kept you going? Yeah, it's a great question, and I think everybody's different. But, I mean, for me, it's about I know who I truly am, and I know that I try and get up every day and make the life of people and myself better. And so it's just having a positive disposition and outlook on how I view life. And I don't wake up and say, oh, it's 10 o'clock, it's time to – you know, crucify somebody on Twitter. Oh, it's 10.15, let's be nasty. 10.30, let's, you know, let's cancel somebody. I choose to believe in the best of people and that they are going to do well and be better because of their association with me. And so that's the first thing is that self-belief, um, yeah. You know, secondly, I also believe that, you know, like you said, uh, you know, uh, there's a quote of, you know, critics and dis detractors and Winston Churchill's, you know, made the quote, uh, sorry, Ma Margaret Thatcher said yeah. that made this quote of about a critics. If they saw me walk on water, they'd say it's only because I can't swim. And that's what you got to learn is like, there's always going to be detractors out there. And, you know, to me, it's like, hey, if I, if I broke it down, Abreem, I'd say adversity visits us all. We're going to overcome that. It doesn't matter where you start in life. These are yeah. kind of what I think are important. Uh, where, where, you, know, you know, it doesn't matter where you start in life. It's where you end up in your life and what you can do for others. If you never stop learning, you're going to feel great about yourself in your future. And that's another big belief of mine. Um, and then I think it's about lifting others up. It's like, don't be a, who wants to be a screaming banshee? You know, you're screaming your head off at the world. When it's you versus the world, the world wins. Try and make the world a better place. Yeah. And then I suppose 
if you have the resilience and you have the belief that you are going to make things better and that your worst moments don't define you, there's always upside. So it's yeah. find the upside, move forward. You know, you're going to get knocked down. You've got to have internal belief. Don't let the biggest critic of you be the guy who lives inside between your two ears. Be yeah. your biggest supporter. It'd be yeah. kind of how I think about it and what got me through. And that obviously is my... I, I love my family. I love my two boys. I got three grandkids now. Uh, wow. You know, for me, I might have not have a childhood, but I live through them. I have so much fun. I, oh. And I enjoy being around the young because it keeps you young. So I try and yeah. always keep that joy of life. I, you know, live with the joy of it. Can you imagine living with the joy of a child inside? Yes. You know, that yes. joy when, the, you know, there can be anything. The possibilities are endless. Embrace that. Don't be a yeah. negative person. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Actually, I just posted it today that you mentioned that you know need to be the child again. It's um, I just posted that you know I was talking to someone, and then I had this this conversation with myself going on, and it just said like you know, oh, a child is the purest soul because it, when when we born into the world, this the connection between the divine, let's say, powers is the strongest one, I would say, because we are the pure soul. There is no kind of, um, we're free from all the expectations about, we're free from hatred, we're free from worries. So like the, the soul is very pure. And that's why like, even when you look at the child, you feel good. I mean, at least I feel good. And I've seen like number of people, whenever they, they feel child, just a smile from child, because, they have the purest soul that shine and the smile comes from their soul. So that's why we need to keep or at least remember that kind of purity to gain the inner peace. Because when we right. start burdening our soul with the worries and expectation of society, that is when we lose touch with our soul and with our divine power. So you're absolutely right. So I know we can right. go on and on about this topic because resilience is a topic is is very much needed, especially in these days when people are facing a lot of challenge, a lot of uh, problems in their lives, but they don't know right. how to go about in this. So before we finish this show, what one advice would you like to give to our audience today to develop the power of resilience? and not right. to give up in the time of challenge and adversity? It's a great question. Can I give you a two-part answer? Yes, One is read yes, my definitely. book. Read my book, 15 Minutes of Shame. Definitely. I promise you there's going to be life lessons that yeah. are going to help you if you want to aspire to be a great business leader or you want to be a good human or if you're going to yeah. deal with adversity, the book's going to help you. My second book is coming out next year. It's called Think wow. Your Way to the Top. And that's going to be really all about business lessons. It's about coachable moments uh, that, you know, on a weekly basis will take the reader through things to build up their leadership, you know, reserves and, and strength. And if I, if I kind of broke it down, uh, Ambrina, around what I think is going to be important for somebody to have a, a very productive life, a very meaningful career, it's, uh, I would first and foremost say, you do 
whatever it takes. So you think yeah. about Roger Federer or mm-hmm. Rafael Nadal or, you know, uh, Tom Brady or, you know, Lionel Messi or Ronaldo and ask and Michael Phelps, the swimmer, ask yourself, what do they do to succeed? It isn't yeah. half the job. It's like they get up every day focused and they'll do whatever it takes. And I think that, yeah. to me, builds resilience because if you're losing, you get better. You have your resilience. You put in the work. If you're winning, you still continue to get better. That's building up character. That's building up resilience. The second thing, uh, part questions here, uh, answer, is develop your own life plan. What is your why? And then how are your house? How do you achieve that? What do you want to do? And then what are you focused on? Think about it. I'm shocked that most people in life spend more time thinking about what pair of shoes to buy than what they want out of their life. You know, think about it. It's the most important thing that you could ever ask yourself. What do I want to be? Where do I want to go? Where do I want to do? And we don't spend enough time. So, And and then the third thing is never stop learning. You should be a sponge. If you haven't read 300 autobiographies of other great leaders and past figures, you're not learning and taking the benefit from history to become that better person. And then I suppose finally, and I really do mean this, you can be as serious as you want to be in life, but don't take yourself seriously. You know, uh, lead with laughter, humor, self-deprecation. I'll get the word out eventually uh, like that. It is a good thing. So have some fun. Don't be uptight, anal retentive. Just chill. I know it's, when you, somebody's having an argument with you, don't tell them to chill out, okay? But when you're thinking about life, just take a little bit of chill. Think about internally the things that make you happy and then, and then help others become happy. And then finally, hard work should never be underestimated and you're never defeated until you quit. So don't yeah. quit. That's the biggest yeah. thing for resilience. <laughs> Never yeah. quit. You get knocked down, get up. Like Chumba yeah. Wangbe, you get knocked down, but I'll get up again. That's what I'm hoping, you know, the viewers here, the listeners here will, will yeah. take. And, and obviously from my book, I believe yeah. it's laid out emphatically yes, for them. Amazing. I really love the way you actually gave this advice. It is amazing. I mean, you mentioned that a lot of people spend the time in buying in thinking about uh what pair of shoes they buy and that's so true unfortunately that's so true that a lot of people never even think about that what they actually want in their life and and half the people who might have even thought about it they don't have the courage to follow their dream because they think that they cannot achieve it. They they cannot even have the mental capabilities or capacity, mental capacity to even think that they can achieve it. So as you mentioned, believe in yourself. That is the important thing. And, and your book is definitely worth a read. So everyone who is listening to the show, uh, either live or on a replay, please uh, get his book. It is amazing. And you will get some real lesson that how to survive in those difficult times and never to give up. 
So thank you so much, Des, for joining us today and sharing the, your inspiring story and these great lessons with our audience today. So what are, what are the, what is the best way uh, for anyone to reach out to you? I know you're very active on LinkedIn. Uh, yep. And what else? So LinkedIn is great, Des Haig. If you go to Twitter, it's at Des Haig. If you go to, we want to be on my book, it's 15 minutes of shame book.com. Yeah. That'll take you direct to my website. Okay. And as Ambreen said, and I really want to, I really mean this. If your dreams aren't big enough and they don't scare you, they're not yeah. big enough. Never let yeah. anybody put you down. Your dream yeah. is the most important thing you can have. Absolutely. Absolutely. Absolutely love it. So thank you so much. If anyone wants to get My in pleasure. touch with this, and please uh, get in touch through LinkedIn, through Twitter, or through his website. I think I've shared in the comment, but I'll make sure that I'll share again. And if you must have missed this, missed the lives, uh, then you can actually check out on the podcast as well, which I'll be posting in a day or so. So thank you so much, Des, for joining. And thanks to all the thank audience who have joined today <laughs> and shared the comments. And thank you and bye-bye. Thank you. That was wonderful. <laughs>